Hello and welcome to the first episode of Creative Punjabis with Jasmeet Narang. This podcast is being created as part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. Each of this podcast episode will have guests from different creative backgrounds where I will dig deep into their journeys, experience and most importantly understand their creative process. Not wasting much time, let's have the first episode rolling started by two entrepreneurs packed by world's top investors bringing fashion and technology together the product that they have built is being used by celebrities like vicky kaushal randeep hudda to name the few our creative punjabi guest for the episode is simar preet singh founder of socksoho simar Firstly thank you for coming on the show I am super excited to have this conversation thank you just me that's so good uh, to be here tell us where did the idea of sock soho came how did you decide sock will be the product that you will be innovating around so you know early i should not be building socks <laughs> i am a computer science engineer and i love growth marketing and my co-founder she is a data scientist <clears throat> so you know we were looking at the Uh, e-commerce markets in the world, and surprisingly, India is the fastest growing one. We narrowed it down and figured out that in in the Indian e-com, the men fashion was the fastest growing segment. But when we looked at uh, the brands, they were catering to women. So we thought, how do we you know enter this segment? So it wasn't a eureka moment. We actually made up a list of around eighty products via which we could enter the segment, and surprisingly, socks came on the top. and also it helped that we personally you know are a big fan of uh, designer socks so we tested it out we make up a fake website and uh, within 24 hours we had more than 100 orders uh, you know on that so we realized that okay we are on to something and that's when we decided to go into socks so go we made up a great product with great quality and great designs and now we are the largest direct to consumer sock brand in india wow amazing and so creative uh, which part of business you handle and uh, what pratika handles so uh, pratika my co-founder she handles the tech side customer experience and the product development uh, whereas i handle the marketing and finance nice i'm sure you didn't visit an astrologer before starting socksovo i got to know that uh, that you do exactly opposite of what's written in the horoscope uh please tell us more about this yeah so when i was pretty small uh and especially when you're growing up in india you come across these astrologers horoscope readers who tell you you know yes. your future is governed by stars and all of this and i was all, always very fascinated by destiny stars and all these things so once i was sitting in my veranda and this this sadhu comes up and tells us you know hey you know i'm going to tell you about your future give me money so i asked him you know random questions like It tell me how many siblings do I have, and then I mentioned you tell me when is my maths exam, and he gave very gibberish answers. But then I got you know I I gave him money, but I told him, dude, you are so wrong. And he got furious and he said, I'm going to give you a curse. I said, like go on, try it on me, <laughs> and I did admit. <laughs> so so you know that was a funny thing. And uh, then you know I used to read this newspaper column by a very famous astrologer. Uh, and when he said that hey you know today you are going to have a bad day i made sure i had a great day and when he mentioned that you know today 
you know, you're going to face a certain kind of uh, struggle on XYZ, I would do the exact opposite. So I realized that these guys are scamsters and, uh, and I stopped believing in horoscopes, astrology altogether. I believe that everyone comes with a destiny, no doubt you're handed certain cards and there are certain things that happen which are beyond your control. But then there is something called as free will and you have to be intentional about creating things in life that you want to. And that's, that's when I, I stopped taking horoscopes seriously. This is quite interesting perspective. Uh, I'm sure this will inspire many uh, of our listeners to try this approach. Uh, when do you think early in life uh, you had developed an entrepreneurial mindset? Uh, and I believe you started quite early, right? Hmm. I started pretty early. Actually, I have been working since I was a kid. So coming from a middle class family, obviously, uh, my parents uh, were living paycheck to paycheck. But my mom wanted to be an entrepreneur. My uh, other side, you know, my, my dad's family, they're all uh, uh, service people. So they didn't like risk. So my mom opened up a playway school and I was involved in it when I was, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And uh, I used to, you know, uh, take tuitions uh, of kids. And I started earning my own money when I was very small. And one day, you know, I was, I read in a newspaper uh, that in the US, there was something called as summer camps where they used to get kids. And, uh, you know, you could do that. Kids would have good fun in summers and you could also make money out of the whole thing. I pitched this idea to my mother and she said, okay, let's do it together. So we did the first ever summer camp in uh, Chandigarh, Panchkula, Mohali. They call it Tri-City region. And it was a bit, we actually had to rent more space. And I became the manager. So I did marketing myself and I must be like 10, 11 years old. I did the marketing myself. I designed the posters. Uh, my mother handled everything, the entire programming and what's going to go inside. But I was the one who was doing marketing. And then we split the profits 50-50. So uh, that gave me a high. Like if I could think of something from zero and if I can execute it well, I knew that, you know, that this could this could have an impact. And obviously it could have an impact on my self-esteem as well as the financial well-being. So at that point of time, I decided that I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to create things uh, of my own. So my mother was the one who put the early seed in me for entrepreneurship. Got it. Uh, one takeaway for me and all our listeners is roll up your sleeves and start and execute whatever you want to pursue. Yeah, I mean, advice is overrated. I would say if you want to do something, just do it. Don't ask for too much advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Simran, uh, can you take us through the creative process of finalizing a new design of socks? Let's say if today you were to design a suits edition socks, what would be the process? Sure. So uh, I'll give an example of one of the designs that we created. So we have something called as Steve Jobs uh, uh, creation, Steve Jobs edition of, you know, when we wanted to create that design, we watched almost every single movie on Steve Jobs. Uh, when, when, when I mean we, my, the, my co-founder, I, I'm our designer, we three people were engrossed in it. We, we read two biographies. We read almost all the articles on Steve Jobs. So it took us a month to, you know, delve deep into what Steve Jobs stood for and what his fans would like. And then we had, I don't know, 50 plus iterations of a single design. Because it's not something that basically I should like. It's something that 
people should love at the end of the day. So we find you know finally settled down on a few elements. We made up the skyline of San Francisco with Steve Jobs standing on it, holding an apple in his hand in a power pose. And we had also the uh, you know the colors which were in the original Apple logo out there, and we put up an apple in his hand. So people loved that design. People really loved that design. So it took us a lot of iterations in the very beginning, and now the process is pretty sorted. So Pritika is the one who designs it. Uh, she has a team of designers, so she's the one who conceptualizes what the thing is gonna be, and then you know we have multiple iterations. So any design that you see in the uh, you know on the website has gone through tons of iterations and we do a lot of A-B testing with our power users. So let's say if you're coming up with a new strength design, we would make at least 10, 12 versions of it. We would send it to multiple people and say, hey, do you want to pre-order this? So once we open design is getting a lot of pre-orders, we know this is going to be a winner and only then it is going to be launched. So it's a mix of creativity as well as database decisions. I believe it's not only the fashion, but fashion plus technology. Uh, and since we are talking about design, uh, tell us in case uh, you need to introduce a new design associated with a series or a film, does one needs any approval from the owner of that particular merchandise? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So let's say if I make a certain character uh, that is copyrighted by, let's say, Disney or XYZ, you need to talk to them and say, hey, you know, I want to make this design on ourselves. So they would, uh, you know, enter into a contract with you. Uh, we are in talks with certain companies for certain designs, but let's see how those things go. Okay, fingers crossed. Uh, actually, I'm a great Suits fan. Uh, so any chances in near future launching any design related to uh, suit series? You know, generally companies uh, grant multiple rights to multiple parties. Uh, I don't know specifically about Suits, but that's generally, that's generally what happens. There are no exclusive rights on merchandise. So you would see a lot of brands doing it. Uh, you know, till now our thought process was let's create something that's that's eternal, that's lifelong. Let's say if we have a classic stripe design, it would, would not go out of, uh, you know, flavor, let's say even two or three years down the line. So the aim was to create timeless designs, but we, we are considering, you know, can we do some movement marketing? If there's something coming up, can we make a design on that? So we're A-B testing on it. Uh, we'll let you know soon once we come up with something new. Sure, eagerly waiting for that. Uh, and uh, similarly, the journey to become an entrepreneur is not so smooth as it sounds. Uh, what challenges, roadblocks did you face? Sure. So, you know, whenever you are building up a startup, there are two things you have to do. You have to build something that people want. And then you have to figure out a way to acquire customers profitably and sell it to them. Uh, in our case, we don't come from textile background. Both of us have been good science engineers. But one thing that we both are good at is figuring out stuff, right? As engineers, you that, that's that's what you do, right? So when we wanted to learn how to make socks, we actually bought socks from more than 500 brands. And these included almost all the top-notch brands across the world. And then we went to factories. So we figured out on how a sock is made. We went very, very deep into the process, very deep. Uh, and, you know, now we know more than 99% of sock manufacturers on how a sock is made. We did tons of iterations. We spent months, even a few days back, I visited a factory in Egypt. Uh, in fact, six, seven factories in Egypt. So we want to be at at the, 
center of action wherever the things are happening. So we're figuring out how to make a great product is, is very tough. You can see a lot of copycats, you know, just buying stuff from China and ping it on the consumers. But that doesn't build a lasting brand. That doesn't build loyalty. That doesn't uh, make sure that you have a cult following. So we knew that, you know, we can obviously win on designs. We, we understand data and how to, you know, understand consumer sentiments. But, you know, nailing down the core product has to be the key. So that was, in fact, the biggest challenge for us. Got it. Got it. Uh, it but it, it's often seen uh, good designs get copied. In your uh, case, design plays a key role. How do you handle this challenge? Yeah, so I mean, it's very easy to make copies. So for example, Apple is Apple, but there are tons of, you know, Chinese copycats coming in the market. So people who want to buy original are going to buy the original. People who love quality, people who stand for, you know, good things, they, they would always go for the brand. But then there are cheap imitations of every product in the market. You can't stop them. Uh, and even those who buy those, <laughs> they are okay. So for example, when I was a kid and I didn't have money, I used to buy fake jeans of Levi's, but that's fine, right? I didn't have money to buy the actual product. I would do that. But once you start wearing the real thing, you won't go back to the cheap imitations. For listeners in Chandigarh, you can visit Sector 22, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, across the world, you would find knockoffs. No one can stop that. But that's it. when people don't have money or they would go for such things. But then once they once they have money, once they have taste, they, they go back to the real thing. Not it. Well, uh, I would also want to share, uh, I was listening to a podcast where they were mentioning about Louis Vuitton founder, one of the richest, uh, who represents the luxury goods segment. And he is one from the fashion segment. So, I mean, the segment itself has huge profits, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously in fashion, it's it's a different game altogether. It's uh, And if you can combine tech and fashion, you are... I mean, it's 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 a game changer. Actually, the margins are as high as software because once you nail down the product, it's just a matter of uh, you know providing the right quality to right people at the right time. Uh, but then it's it's a beautiful category to be in. Uh, fashion is lovely and it's eternal. It's not going to go anytime soon. Yes, uh, I believe uh, you also applied to YC. Can you talk a little bit about Y Combinator experience? So Biformulator, as you all know, it's the world's top accelerator. And we were blessed that we were the first fashion uh, tech brand from India to be selected in Y Combinator. And, uh, you know, when to apply, you go onto the website and see when is the last date you apply before that. Mm -hmm. Any specific areas you worked while applying or anything you want to suggest to uh, the ones who are uh, planning to apply? See, application of YC is not tough, but you have to know your numbers well. You have to know your market well, and you have to be precise. They expect you to know your numbers like the back of your hand. And if you have your business sorted out, filling the application is not tough. Got it. Uh, I think this was helpful. Uh, I would also like to understand uh, why did you choose Chandigarh as your Indian headquarter, whereas your global headquarter is in Silicon Valley? 
ஜோக்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ
So let's say when Uniqlo started, uh, they started with fleece jackets. And 75% of the households in Japan have at least one fleece jacket from Uniqlo. And now, you know, the richest man in Japan is not the founder of SoftBank. It's not Masa, it's the founder of Uniqlo. So as, as you rightly mentioned, you know, Louis Vuitton and all others, the, the fashion is a beautiful category. But then you can't become everything for everyone. You have to start somewhere, build your niche, build your market, gain traction. And then once you, once you have a very cult loyal following, you can expand into any other category. As we speak, uh, there is testing going on in six different categories. We have dummy websites and products mm-hmm. and we're testing the markets. Once we are sure that this is a winner, as I told you, we do a ton of A-B yeah. testing. Once we are sure that we have a winner in our hands, we are going to publicly launch a new category. I'm super excited. I'm going to send you something, you know, as soon as we launch for the feedback, do let me know. Sure. Uh, Moving towards the end of our conversation, I'm going to ask you a few questions and you can reply them in one word or uh, one sentence to the following. Sure. Favorite movie? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Favorite quote? Okay, it's a Punjabi quote. It, it, it's by Guru Nanak Dev Ji. It says, Man jeet. So if you conquer your mind, you can conquer the world. Wow. Um, what's your favorite uh, travel destination? You have been like traveling a lot. New York. And I get all my ideas in New York. Whenever, whenever I'm walking on streets and I'm meeting amazing people, New York is like my city. Got it. And oh, what's your favorite book? Or I mean, you're reading currently or anything? Uh, my favorite book is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Okay. Top three characteristics of people you admire the most? Sure. So one, you know, I, I look at people who are determined. Second, you know, who must have done something good for the world. And third, they must have created something which is valuable. Got it. To all the people who are listening to this podcast, what's the one valuable piece of advice if you can give? See, uh, my mom passed away last year. Uh, and she passed away last year. And one thing I, I got from her is she used to say, and my, my nickname is Love. She said, Love, nothing is impossible. So, and, and that is the mantra I actually live my life by. And that has served me well. So that's my advice to all the listeners. Uh, nothing is impossible. Koshish karke dekho. Kush impossible nahi hai. Online. All the best to the entire team of Sock Server. Looking forward to the launch of exciting and new products. And hopefully, the next episode we will record in Sock Server's headquarters. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on our show, Simar. Oh, definitely. We'll definitely meet in California or somewhere. But thanks a ton, just me. You are a great interviewer, and I had so much fun while doing this. Thank you.